Alright, I'm heading to WonderCon for the Knights of the Zodiac panel. Joining me is my good friend, my brother-in-law, Will. I uh, hope I got you in the camera. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so we're heading to WonderCon. Uh, we're going to check out the Knights of Zodiac panel. Alright guys, right now I'm at WonderCon and you see behind me it's the Knights of Zodiac poster, the banners of the actors right there. So you can see that they are in fact promoting this movie a lot and hopefully I can get into the panel. Uh, hope you guys are here as well, but check out these clips. The role of Seiya in Knights of the Zodiac is played by Nepenyu, who couldn't be here today, but did send along a video for us to share with you now. Hello, WonderCon. This is Nepenyu. I play Seiya in Knights of the Zodiac. Thank you so much for coming to the panel today. I wish I could be there, but... I have filming again. So, Knights of the Zodiac is packed with action, incredible fight scenes, and a lot of heart. And so today, I'm very happy to introduce the world premiere of the US trailer yes. for Knights of the Zodiac. In theaters, May 12th, Friday. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Uh, so the question is why and why now? Uh, I think it's got to do with uh, uh, two things. One is the uh, uniqueness of uh, Knights of the Zodiac itself, and then also the uh, uh, uniqueness of the uh, Japanese anime. Uh, in Hollywood action movies, there are many uh, superhero movies that reflect a lot of the uh, social issues and you know, issues of the world today. Um, and, and Plus, uh, using the Japanese property, uh, making the live action, uh, why be imitated? Um, instead, uh, Knights of the Zodiac has, it's a very personal story and personal struggle, and the story of self-sacrifice and the story of the redemption. So, uh, you know, it's all universal uh, theme, and, and that's why this uh, Knights of the Zodiac was able to penetrate to the uh, uh, globally and uh, made a lot of fans and people love it. So uh, um, that's that's one of the reasons. You know, we, uh, it's a universal. And then if you look at it, uh, like ten years later, twenty years later, you know, watching this movie again, you know, everybody, even that new generation, have something that you know they can uh, relate to. Uh, so we wanted to that you know make that kind of movie and introduce it from uh, from Japan. Um, so I play Sienna, who is also the reincarnation of the goddess Athena, trapped inside a mortal body of a young woman. Um, when we first meet Sienna, she is in hiding uh, under the care of her chosen father, Almon. She is a tad bit hard-headed, a little bit stubborn. But you know, I like to think underneath all of that hardness, she's really just frightened and trying to figure out her place in the world, and just really trying to figure out you know, it's destiny versus choice, and, you know, besides all of that, just wanting to be a normal girl, just for a couple of few seconds. 
Um, we're all very privileged and grateful to be here, so, and thank you for coming. Um, but Garad is a very interesting character in a lot of things, and one of the things that she believes in is that her adopted daughter is uh, capable of great evil, and that she wants to protect the world from that. Um, she has first-hand experience because her own arms are humiliated by this by Sienna when she's very young, and so she's seen what the power in a very young girl can do. So, what is that going to look like when she's a grown woman? Um, and but of course, the conflict comes within the character who has to do this to her own adopted daughter, um, and she also needs to stay alive um, because her arms now are these you know these bionic arms in the movie but they don't function without something called Cosmo. Um, and uh, so there's, there, and she trains black knights. And, I mean, there's a lot going on inside this woman. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> a lot of moving parts, literally and figuratively speaking. So uh, what's wonderful is that I think this movie has so much heart for an action film with characters who are having actual true arcs and change from beginning to end and um, I'm very lucky to be one of the characters who goes through a big transformation like that so there's a lot to look forward to for audiences in addition to the action that's very fun. Excellent. She's my boss. Um, she has hired me to run this uh, this fighting ring and um, to look for um, Special fighters, basically. I, I mean, how much can I say, Yoshi? Uh, well, you, you can say pretty much. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Need the rules. Um, yeah. So, Ken, so she basically hires my character Cassios to run this fighting ring, where there's gambling going on, and and uh, he's you know fighters pitted against each other, and Cassios is uh, he's uh, kind of the king of his own little little universe, and um, so. Just looking to uh, to my boss here for direction, you know. So, yeah. And he's having fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's enjoying it. Who is Mylock? Mylock, uh, Aloha! Hello. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for being here, and, and our wonderful cast and producers, and just. All this energy, so thank you for this. Mylock is, he is Almond Kiddo's, played by Sean Bean, very close friend and associate. Uh, at the beginning we see that Mylock is capable of uh, driving very fast, adeptly. He can pilot flying machines. He can work guns, he knows how to punch and kick, and he likes sunglasses. Um, he also has a very interesting neck tattoo, and we can get into that later. Yeah, don't spoil it. <laughs> We're going to come back to tattoos later on. I have a note here about tattoos. Um, and he has uh, a lot of uncle-like feelings for our goddess, and um, as a uh, probably a very uh, how can we say uh, antagonistic backstory, but that's for another time. <laughs> he loves what he does, and he is very, very loyal. That's it. 
Thank you. <laughs> Back to your question. Nero is a very complicated and complex individual. You know, he's very committed and very dedicated to his mission. And we find him at the beginning of the film, partnered up with Gurad, and, you know, they're on their quest to essentially eliminate the beautiful but deadly goddess Athena. And, yeah, you said it right. When he's not trying to take over the world, he's certainly spending a lot of time at the barber shop trying to perfect his little haircut. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's, it's, I'm really happy that we got to keep my hair for this role because originally it was intended that we were going to shave my character's head. And uh, after the first table read with Tomek, I spoke to him and I was like, hey man, like, you know, I've been shaving my head on this show I was doing for like the last four years, you know, show called On My Block, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. <laughs> I was like, I'm kind of tired of, of shaving my head, maybe, maybe we can keep it. And, you know, Tomek is such a great director and he loves to collaborate with, with the actors. And he kind of came up with this idea that we were going to make little flames in, in Nero's hair. And that was going to symbolize towards the grand transformation into the grand Phoenix Knight. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it came out pretty nice. And, you know, we'll see. If, if people start asking for the Phoenix Knight haircut in barbershops, that's how you know we got a good movie. <laughs> They wanted to shave my head, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I wouldn't much. let him. <laughs> Addison, it seems like all of the other characters in this movie are either trying to attack you or defend you. But Sienna isn't exactly helpless. How would you describe her strength? Where does Sienna's strength come from? Well, I mean, other than the fact that she is the goddess of war and could practically disintegrate anyone within miles of her. Other than um, that. Other than that. You know, it's interesting because there's so much external conflict happening this whole film. I mean, some of our fight sequences are so unbelievably amazing, which we're going to get to that later, I know. Um, but, you know, what was, always interesting to, what was always interesting to me when I was reading a script for the first time was this internal battle that she was facing the entire time and just sort of with herself and and I don't know, I think that's where her strength lies. It's just kind of like in her heart and, and how she would sort of lay down her life in order to protect, protect those around her. Right, you have to give them purpose in the story. And if you give them purpose, that'll really drive all of it, the character's actions and it'll take care of the why. The why of why he's doing everything, right? But that's what I really try to do with Nero. And, uh, you know, again, it went back to who Nero is as a person, uh, his past, what he wants, and uh, his, his dedication in com completing this mission, right? He believes that if he fails at his mission, he's not just failing himself, he's failing his little brother, Shun, who we'll talk about for the sequel, maybe. <laughs> and uh, he's failing all of humanity and he's failing, he's failing the whole world essentially, right? And I think we could all relate to that. Sometimes we, we come up with these decisions and choices and we don't know if it's for the better good. But we think it is and, you know, in our hearts we hope it is. And, you know, that's entirely up to, to how you see everything, the lens of, of perception, perspective. Uh, but, you know, whether Nero is right or wrong, you guys will all have to decide in theaters May 12th. <laughs> Thank you.